right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 141 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, if this show touches you or helps you in any way, shape, or form, please consider sharing the show. Anybody you know that is in the same position we are in, that are struggling or whatever it may be, they're trying to live a healthy lifestyle and it's just not working out or whatever the case may be. If you think this podcast would benefit them, please spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast to anyone who is willing to listen to you. That is all I ask of you. That and rate the show. If your platform that you're listening to me on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever app it is, has the ability to rate the show, that will also help the spread of the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher. Because when other people are searching for weight loss related podcast, it will recommend it based on its ratings. So if you feel that I have helped you in any way, please consider sharing the Ranting Weight Watcher. Well, I got a lot to talk about today. Let's get into this! Journey updates. So I gained this week. I am up 2.6 pounds. For the month of May, I am down one pound. Total lost since January 2019 is 161.2 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 13.8 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 38.8 pounds. I have just finished week six of my quest to use macros to change the way I'm eating. So my week six calorie average was 2,269 calories per day. My baseline calorie average was 2,652 calories per day. And the goal is 2,300 calories per day. So this is the first time I believe that I was actually under goal, which is a good thing. We'll see. The week six 
protein average is 236 grams per day. We started with a baseline protein average of 188 grams per day. And the goal for protein is 229 grams per day. So we are over goal. And you know what? From what I understand with macros, if you're going to be over in any one of these numbers, protein is the one to be over on. So I'm not concerned about being over on protein right now. Carbs, though, I am concerned about. And so we are finishing up phase one, and we have our goal for phase two already set in place. Week six carb average is 212 grams per day. We started our baseline carb average was 406 grams per day. And the carb goal is 144 grams per day. So we're still over there. We're going to ride this out until the end of phase one, which is another two weeks. In phase two, which is starting week nine, essentially, phase two is going to transition from, because right now I'm averaging anywhere between 200 and 250 grams per day of carbs. What I want to do is bring that to 199 as the maximum. I would love to get that at 199. And then we'll plan future phases to bring it down even lower. But if I can get it down to 199, that's going to be a good goal for phase two, and I'll be happy with that. Week six fat average is 64 grams per day. The baseline fat average was 45.8 grams per day. And the goal for fat is 90 grams per day. So I'll have to figure out some stuff for fat as well. How to... I got to figure out how to add more of it to the diet because I'm still below where I, where I need to be. So I got some good news today about my skin condition that I've been dealing with. If you've been here any amount of time, you'll know that I've been dealing with going to a dermatologist to kind of figure out what's going on with my skin right now. But got some results back from some biopsies that they took a few weeks back. And I finally have the name of my enemy, I guess you could say. The name is called Bulos Pemphigoid. Now, I we're talking about hours ago I'm finding this out. I don't know much about it at all. The only thing, my understanding of it so far, is basically this. For me to break it down as easy to possibly understand. When you get sick, a virus, something your body creates antibodies to fight it. Well, at this moment, my body is creating antibodies to fight my skin as if my skin was a virus. 
it sounds wild and out there. But this is all the understanding I have at this moment. I don't really understand what causes it. I know nothing about it yet. But at least I know what it is. The rest of it, I can find out in time. As of right now, I have to confirm that this is the case. Because testing positive for it with the biopsy is only the beginning. Because this positive result could come from two other things. So now I have to go get blood work done for two other reasons. I have to get tested for hepatitis and tuberculosis because either one of those things can also cause a positive result in the biopsy. At least that's my understanding. I could be wrong in how I'm saying that, but that was how I understood what the doctor was telling me. She seemed excited to be able to give me an answer and with some wonderful messages from some listeners, I had an idea of some things it could be as well. And when I brought them to her attention, she said she had a thought of those as well. But because I tested positive here, it kind of negates those things. So we have to go a different direction now. The short-term solution at this moment is to go on to a few weeks of oral steroids and I get a stronger topical steroid, which neither of which have I picked up yet. I'm waiting for the pharmacy to tell me to it's okay to pick up. And the third thing I'm going to be taking is, I forget the name, but it's a vitamin that when you take it, it acts like an antibiotic in the body. So these three things are going to be to get everything under control. Because right now, my skin is too out of control to do anything with at the moment. And I want to... I'm at very high risk of infection right now with the wounds that I have. It's by God's grace at this point that I haven't already gotten and an infection. So I don't want to get it to go any further for any other reason. We got to get this skin under control. We got to get these wounds to heal. And to stop all of this, we have to get the itch to stop. Because it's no use healing a wound if I can't stop the itch because my itching is what caused the wound, right? The one thing I also know is This is a disease that has no cure. While I understand what the medical profession has to say about it, I will not stop in my pursuit. Because I, I will not become a permanent patient. I'm not going to be someone who just receives a diagnosis, takes medication that comes with side effects only to be battled with additional medication that causes side effects and then more medication that causes side effects. It's an endless cycle. 
Once you become a patient dependent on these things, you only need more of them. The system itself is not designed to cure anyone if you haven't been watching. I will not end with just taking medication for the rest of my life and dealing with it. I will scour every megabyte of the internet in a pursuit of knowledge, no matter how ludicrous it sounds, to deal with what I'm dealing with here. I'm not the one that just accepts what I've been given in anything. I spent too many years of my life accepting what I've been given. So today I want to talk about being able to find balance. We live in a world right now, a world full of all kinds of health-related chaos. And everything is a pandemic or an epidemic or you understand what I'm saying here. If I took a shot every single time I see a pharmaceutical commercial right now or see that something was sponsored by a pharmaceutical company, I would be in, there wouldn't be an AA meeting that could help me. We live in a world that seems to be enabling us to do everything that could possibly we can possibly do to please ourselves emotionally but damage us physically stay with me i will explain we have systems in place that enable poor lifestyles. So many of us are in the position we are in because we have an unhealthy relationship with the food that we eat. We use food to comfort us when we are sad, when we are angry, in any way, shape, or form. We use food to distract ourselves when we feel lonely, when we feel bored. We use food when we are happy to celebrate. All of these things, even the happy ones, unhealthy. Every single one of them. You may have never been diagnosed with a food addiction. That doesn't mean you don't have one. Let me just say that first, first of all. If you've used food in any way of these that you can say, it has been so watered down. It has been so washed out. It has been made so that you believe it's no big deal. When in reality, it is a big deal. We live in a world where you see commercials where people with diabetes are wearing a device on their arm that stays permanently in their arm. And they are able to monitor 
their sugar levels. Not so they can be so low that they would actually be in a healthy place. They are monitoring their sugar levels so that when they go to the restaurant, they know what they can order. Are you following me right now? Based on whatever number that glucose monitor gives you, you're going to have a decision ahead of you that says, hey, it's not a good idea to eat something that's high in sugar. Hey, you're doing pretty good. Go ahead and eat that sugar. This is the attitude of the commercial. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one, because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, 
I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. They have made it so that we value the food more than we value our lives. We have made it so the food represents happiness. And if you're not eating what you want, if you're not eating what makes you happy, if you're not doing what everyone else is doing, then you are simply not having a good time. They don't say those words that I'm saying to you, but that is the perception. That is what they are teaching you. When that man is wearing his glucose monitor and he stick puts his cell phone next to it, and he sees what his sugar levels are, he knows, oh, he better not have the cake tonight. He already knew he shouldn't have the cake. He wouldn't need a glucose monitor if that wasn't the case. Yet he's using the glucose monitor to enable him to make a decision whether or not he should have the cake. We come to value the food more than we value our life. Are you understanding me yet? Because somehow, not having the cake ever again just means you're never going to have a good time. You know nobody says that, but you know it's well implied. And it's not just well implied by the commercials I'm representing to you today. It's implied by all of the people around you. How many times have you told your closest loved ones you are doing a healthy lifestyle only to have them encourage you to eat things you know would make it difficult for you to stay on that healthy lifestyle? Only to hear them say, You can have that. What's the big deal? You can have that. As if you're not going to have a good time unless you have it. Do you see how twisted the world has become? Your ability to have a good time is dictated by what you could put in your mouth. Why? Because that's the perception. And it's not just me that's saying it. I'm just telling you in the most blunt way that nobody would ever use the vocabulary I'm using. I'm telling you in the harshest way possible because a lot of you need a smack in the face to realize what you're doing to yourself. We've spent our entire lives having an unhealthy relationship with food. 
And maybe you never sought diagnosis of a food addiction, but it doesn't mean you don't have one. When you're using food for happiness, when you're using food for distraction, when you're using food for comfort, this is all evidence of a poor relationship with it. If I change the word food to cigarettes, not one of you would deny that's an addiction. If I said, every time I feel happy, I have a cigarette. Every time I feel sad, I have a cigarette. Every time I feel bored and want to distract myself, I have a cigarette. If I said all of those things, Without hesitancy, you would say, I have a nicotine addiction. And all goes the same. If I plug in the word alcohol, when I'm happy, I take a shot of whiskey. When I'm bored, when I need a distraction because I'm lonely, I take a shot of whiskey. I don't have to go all the way through it. Every single one of you knows within the sound of my voice, you would consider that person an alcoholic. Whether or not you said it with your mouth is irrelevant. In your mind, you would think this person has a drinking problem. This person is addicted to nicotine. If they, and if I change it to even drugs, you would be even quicker to make that judgment. If it was cocaine, weed, heroin, even quicker. If it was pharmaceutical, Vicodin, oxycodone, we can name a whole bunch. I can waste a bunch of time. Not a single one of you can deny that if you saw somebody, whether you were close to them or not, Doing those things, having those behaviors, when they felt happy, when they felt sad and lonely, when they felt mad, if they went to those things, nicotine, alcohol, drugs, pharmaceuticals, if they went to those things in those moments, you would call them an addict. And yet, if we plug food in, Yeah, I'm an emotional eater. You just thought of a fancy way to say you have a food addiction. Why can't they say they're emotional drinkers? Why can't they say they're emotional smokers? They don't. They're just addicts, right? How are you any different? If anything, it's worse. It's even worse. Because we have enormous systems in place that are encouraging your lifestyles. We have a system that tells you nothing is off the table. 
and they take no regard for what triggers people. Well, what if you don't know what triggers you? It's an enabling message. The world is filled with enabling messages. You want me to blow your mind? I have snapshots of an article that was written in the 60s. The headline of the article is, Sugar just might be the willpower you need to curb your appetite. And it starts, We know it sounds odd, but it can work. Spoil your appetite by eating something with sugar. Sugar works faster than any other food to turn your appetite down and your energy up. Then when the mealtime comes, you're less apt to overeat. Willpower never tasted so good. Sugar, only 18 calories per teaspoon, and it's all energy. Here's another one. A headline that reads, Sugar can be the willpower you need to undereat. When you're hungry, it usually means your energy is down. By eating something with sugar, you can get your energy up. In fact, sugar is the fastest energy food around. And when your energy's up, there's a good chance you'll have the willpower to undereat at mealtime. How's that for a sweet idea? Sugar, only 18 calories per teaspoon. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Tell me something. Is it any wonder if this was in a magazine in the 1960s? It is, is it any wonder to you? Why the vast majority of the public has diabetes right now? Is there any wonder why there are so many obese in this country? If there were articles like this, are you telling me that when they published these articles, they didn't know exactly what they were creating? An entire country? dependent on pharmaceuticals to enable their addiction to sugar? Because once they spent all that time eating it, they only wanted more. An entire generation is fueled by articles like this. Entire generation. I wonder if this entire generation had not paid attention to these articles and just stayed healthy. I wonder what the pandemic that just happened would have turned up if we didn't have a bunch of people that were already killing themselves like this. How different would the death toll have been if the majority of the public was healthy instead of the majority of the public being obese or diabetic? Ridiculous. 
I just basically proved to you they have watered down because of your feelings, your ability to discern whether or not you have a food addiction. Why would they do that? Do what works for you. Give yourself some grace. Let me ask you something. If you're someone who is a loved one, you knew them to be an alcoholic. After however long they were sober, would you open a cabinet and say, listen, listen, nothing is off the table. Give yourself some grace. If it's what you really want, have it. Would you say that to them? There's got to be somebody within the sound of my voice that knows someone that struggles with alcohol. That struggles with smoking. That that struggles with drug addiction. Would you ever tell them nothing is off the table? Would you ever help them find drugs so they can celebrate how long they've been clean? Would you go and buy liquor so you can have them help them celebrate how long they've been sober? Nothing's off the table, right? They would rather you continue to believe that eating these things makes you happy than forever you to come close to the realization that food and happiness really have nothing to do with each other. They really don't. Your ability to feel happy has to do with you yourself and the things that have happened in your life, the things that have caused you pain, and your ability to deal with those things that cause you pain. Whether those are deep-seated pains from the past, or those are fresh wounds that are just starting now. We have been taught from a very young age that... Food will bring you comfort. And that's okay. And yet, obesity is running rampant in this country. So many years of your life are just gone. They're gone because the bad habits we've enabled ourselves to keep our entire lives wasted them all. What I need you to realize the most is you'll never get that time back. And in order to really correct the behavior, 
You have to go in the other direction. Do you have to go forever? I don't know. That's up to you. But there's some semblance of balance needs to be found. And if you spend 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life having poor behavior, what are you saying? That you could still have a life with some good behavior and some bad behavior and make up for all of those years of straight up poor behavior? Come on, let's think straight here. Let's get our head on straight and be smart about things here. Nobody wants to talk like this because it's uncomfortable to talk like this. But this is the reality. If you spend 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life enjoying your poor behavior, how many more years will you need to correct it? And how many more years, even more than that, if you decide to keep some of the poor behavior? Because it's just too uncomfortable to let it go. Let's get serious. Let's really think about what we have been taught to do to our body. Let's really think. They say, oh, you know, sometimes it's hereditary. The only thing I can guarantee you that's hereditary is behavior. If you go back generation upon generation, I assure you the generations before you are eating exactly like you. The food might be a little different, but they're eating the same way. That's the part that's hereditary. The behavior. And if that's ever going to change, the curse needs to be broken by you. You are here. You are in this moment because you have the opportunity. You represent your generation and all of the generations that will come after you. You are the curse breaker. Will you do that? Will you finally step up and see that all of these things you hold so important, all of these foods that have been holding you back for all of these years, Will you finally realize that they are the anchor point and why you can't secede? And until you let go of these things, the true success, the wonderful version of yourself that you deserve to become will never be. It will never come if you don't let go of the anchor that holds you down. I can't make this happen for you. It has to be realized by you. It has to be worked on by you. You can sit here and tell me, oh, this guy's crazy. What he's talking about is not necessary. And you could go about the rest of your life doing things exactly as you always have done them and die struggling in this cycle. Or you can break the curse Not just for you, but for the generations after you. And take your true place as the curse breaker in your family and create a whole new 
hereditary behavior and a whole new blessing on the generations after you. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.